Hello and welcome to The Good Robot Andy's Season 6, Episode 3. My name is Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerer. Back. I'm back. We're back. Actually, we're both back. We're back. It's been a... There's been a... There's been a pause. I've forgotten how to do this. Um, so we'll see we how did, it goes. But we didn't tell anyone that we were going to be away for a while. No, because we are our own masters. <laughs> yeah, we don't serve you, listener. I mean, if we do, it's an accident. Put it that way. <laughs> it's an accident. We're accidental serfs. No, no, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we didn't get around to it. But I seem to have noticed a lot of people didn't get around to it around about this same time of year. Other, I mean, okay. other podcasts, podcasts that I listen to. I've also been on a hiatus. There's been a dearth. Well, maybe they've also been um, producing more small humans, as my wife did recently. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you indeed. Uh, how's it all gone? It's all, it all went very well, actually. And Egg. it's still going very well. Egg. Um, so now we have two small humans to look after, which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, I know. No, it is, it is, it is fantastic. It's, um, I've never had so much fun being incredibly tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very good. So, yes, we are back. We're back. back. And, uh, well, uh, so the film we're going to talk about tonight, I know we're not going to get to it straight away, but we should still say it. Okay. So the, the film, film we're we going to talk about tonight is... Is The Babadook. And we will get to that. Yeah, we will. We will. Uh, I'll also get to the reasons why I've picked it out. As it's, it might seem a bit random, mm-hmm. but uh, it w- all will be revealed. So we're back. The, we're yes. back on films after. Um, after a break, yeah. We have we talked of, about. We did last time. We did Russian Doll, which Russian is TV. Doll. And the, the time, time before, before I think that, it was a tech. It was a tech one. Yeah. And then we had our countdown before that. Yeah. Before that, it was. Uh, um, Horror. The next one might Horror. also be another TV show because I haven't been watching many films lately. Oh my goodness! Um, uh, so it might be another TV show. I have yet to decide. So, I mean, season six is going to be—it's going to be troubling for the hardcore All fans. All over the place. All over the place. Yeah, it's like um, their difficult sixth album. <laughs> the difficult sixth album, the concept album. Yeah. Yeah, based on the works of Marla. Yeah. <laughs> or actually, no, it, it would, formed after a trip to India. What does um? <laughs> What does Nigel Tufnell say in Spinal Tap? It's like a combination of Bach and something else. Mark, he says. Bach and Mozart. Like Mark. Yeah, it'd be like that. Yeah. One louder. Yeah. One louder. Um, so, we have a couple of any, any other business sad news, actually. Mm. In in keeping with this is not new sad news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In keeping with other you know film related and sort of media related um, podcasts and mm-hmm. you know news and there's been a couple of couple of people who've died recently. Who I thought I think we should talk about um, as they're quite important culturally mm-hmm. in very different ways actually. Um, the first one of those is John Singleton, who was um, an African American film director, screenwriter, and producer. Uh, his most famous movie, probably for, to most people, will be Boys in the Hood, which he made in 1991. Oh, that's quite important to quite a few people, isn't it? Yes, it I is. I actually don't think I've seen it. Is that bad? Uh, I don't think it's bad, but I think you should remedy that as soon as you can. Um, it's a terrific film. 
it, it is a really brutally honest look at life in South Central Los Angeles. Um, I think one of the greatest movies of its kind, a sort of coming-of-age drama in which nothing is really clear-cut and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, people who you think are good guys might not be good guys and people you think be, might be bad guys are maybe not as bad as you think they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he, he paints shades of grey where, you know, in 1991, there were no shades of grey about South Central LA. Right. According to the media, it was full of gangsters and poverty and your only way out of it was to become a gangster mm-hmm. um, and pick up a gun. Um, so his film kind of shines a light on that, but in a really good, honest way um, that uh, was incredibly refreshing. Uh, he was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Director, becoming, at age 24, 24, the first African-American and youngest person ever to have been nominated for Best Director. Uh, of course he didn't win so did he die young he died yeah so he was born in 1968 he had a massive stroke recently and he made the decision that he wanted his life support turned off which is oh boy I think a really brave thing to do um, because he obviously felt that he was not going to be able to live the life that he wanted to live um, so yeah really important guy culturally John Singleton I think opened the door to a lot of people to work uh, you know you know, African American um, artists to work in the industry mm-hmm. really important so yes John Singleton the other person who died this week um, is Peter Mayhew who um, geeks will know played Chewbacca in um, trying to think how many Star Wars movies now four one two three four no Five. Yeah, I think someone said five. Five. Um, you might think, hey, it's just a guy in a suit. <laughs> but that guy in a suit gave that character heart and soul. Yeah. Real yeah, heart and amazing. soul. I think Chewbacca is one of the most um, endearing characters in sci-fi and fantasy. Um, and, and actually, Anthony Daniels, who plays C-3PO, played tribute to him and said... The reason why it works is because you can see Peter Mayhew's eyes through the costume. Right. And his eyes, you know, they have a soul. Mm-hmm. And he gives Chewbacca a soul. He gives him heart and soul. So he came back to do the prequels, right? He came back to do one of them. Okay, okay. So he came back to do The Force Awakens. So that's that was a long gap in between. Yeah, big gap, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. So he's the character he, supposed to be like five hundred years old or something. Oh uh, yeah, he's supposed to be very old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of works. Um, so he is in. Yeah, he's in the Force Awakens. He was not in the Last Jedi, but I think he handed over to the new actor who's playing it, who's a, another seven foot over seven foot tall. Um, I think former. Norwegian or Swedish basketball player mm-hmm. so he's the new guy mm-hmm. Jonas Swatamo is his name um, so yeah Peter Mayhew I think uh, you know someone from my childhood and beyond who's quite important I think Chewbacca's a terrific character he's kind of like Han Solo's conscience yeah uh, in many ways like his Jiminy Cricket only less annoying yeah, he's Han Solo's straight man, right? I mean, he's, yeah, he's absolutely. absolutely key to all of the all of the lovableness of Han Solo. Yeah, because Han Solo 
when he's not cuddly and lovely, is actually an interesting character. Um, and when he when he became like knockabout comedy, as he did in Return of the Jedi, he becomes less interesting. Yeah. But um, Chewbacca remains, I think, a really interesting character uh, because he doesn't speak, and yet other people translate for him, uh, which is amusing. <laughs> and, always, and and the way he delivers the lines and. Let's not forget, he you did deliver... Like someone the, trying to explain humour to an alien. <laughs> exactly. He did deliver those lines on set. It's just that they overdubbed them with... Noises. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he, he actually spoke the lines on set. And uh, then they they added the... the noises. <laughs> of which I'm not doing a very good job of. I think I need a drink, actually. Yeah. <laughs> which is mm. amazing. Mm. Water. Um, so those are two pieces of um, any other business. Sad, sad news. Yeah. 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 Shall we? Shall we move on to our movie? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. I was going to talk about t-shirts, but I think I'll talk about that at the end. Okay. Okay. So um, I'll just uh, fill you in on why I've chosen this one because it seems like uh, this is a horror movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like Hang maybe on, do I this. Have to do, should I do my? Um, oh yeah, please do. Yeah, uh, my yeah. special trick. Actually, we haven't done this for a long time. Have we? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. No. Okay, so based purely on the title. Yes. And knowing nothing about the film, although I'm pretty sure I heard a Kermode review or something because it really rings a bell. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a an Australian children's daytime television show. <laughs> that was too weird ever to make it over to the UK mm. um, featuring a um, a brown almost spherical hand puppet uh, that's obviously intended to be friendly looking but actually um, is overwhelmingly terrifying wow I mean if only that were true <laughs> that would be quite a story actually if if the only way we could see this show was like on a streaming service, mm-hmm. and it turned into like a cult a cult classic, yeah, of kids tuning in to be utterly freaked out by a hand puppet, a sinister <laughs> hand puppet with an Australian a accent, a spherical brown sinister Say, hand puppet, fair dinkum, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's how they speak. The Australians, all the Australians speak like that. Mm-hmm. Cobber. Um, okay, so it's is not that what that. it is. It's not that, but it okay. is Australian. Okay. Um, so, the, uh, so the reason why I've chosen this, I'll just I'll just go into that briefly, is that in our top thirty rundown, when we were talking about ghost stories, mm-hmm. of which we did a few, mm-hmm. uh, most notably things like "Don't Look Now," which is not not actually a ghost story, but does have elements of that kind of thing. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure, in fact, I'm sure that I referenced the Babadook talking about ghost stories when we were oh, going through Oh, okay, so London. maybe that's why I've heard of it. Maybe. Um, and the reason why I talked about it will become clear as we, okay. go into, as we go into it. So it is a 2014 Australian horror film written and directed by Jennifer Kent in her directorial debut. Um, the film stars Essie Davis, Noah Wiseman, Daniel Henschel, Hayley McAlini, Barbara West and Ben Winspear. Is it it's an ba- all-Australian thing, or is it just sort of made in Australia? Uh, no, it's all Australian, so mm-hmm. it's um, Australian production. 
It's based on the 2005 short film Monster, which was also written and directed by Jennifer Kent. So, okay. so this is quite... This seems to be fairly common in that people make a, a full-length version of the short film that they made previously. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that's come out fairly recently that's an example of that, and it is now gone from my mind. It's one of those things where you reach for it and it's gone as soon as you go for it. So maybe it will come to me in a minute. Um, It was not initially a commercial success, but after its world premiere at the Sundance Film Festival, it generated more attention, critical acclaim, and grossed 7.5 million against a 2 million budget, which, you know, it's a good return, but it's it's not a massive amount. Did you say it was a horror film? It is a horror movie. Okay, okay. Yes. So... The plot is that um, Amelia Vanek, who's played by Essie Davis, is a troubled and exhausted widow um, who's brought up her six-year-old son Samuel alone. Mm-hmm. Her late husband was killed in a in a car crash when he was driving her to the hospital to give birth to her son. Nice. So, um, uh, so Sam, who is her son is incredibly troubled you know he screams a lot he shouts he won't sleep he suffers from insomnia um but one day he finds a book in the house a pop-up storybook called mr babadook mm-hmm. and it describes the titular monster a tall pale-faced humanoid in a top hat with taloned fingers who torments its victims after they become aware of its existence and she is disturbed by the book and its mysterious appearance, while Sam becomes convinced that the Babadook is real. So um, Sam is comforted by this. Yes. Sam's persistence about the Babadook leads Amelia to often have sleepless nights as she tries to comfort him. Mm-hmm. Um, and soon after this, weird things start to happen. Doors open and close. Strange sounds are heard. Amelia founds, finds glass in her food. She attributes all of this to Sam, mm-hmm. um, uh, but he blames the Babadook. Mm-hmm. I um, think it's Sam. I think it's Sam. Amelia rips up the book and disposes of it, but of course, it comes <laughs> that back. That goes well. Yeah. Um, like an evil dead. So they don't sleep for days. Um, he, Sam then has a seizure. And uh, Amelia calls in a paediatrician to check him out. And the paediatrician starts to suspect that maybe he is being abused because she Mm -hmm. doesn't know what the hell's going on. And the following morning, Amelia finds the Mr. Babadook book reassembled on the front doorstep, which Mm -hmm. is a very chilling moment. Is it like sellotape together? Uh, No, it's just as it was before. Okay, okay. Yeah. That can't have been Sam. Um, and new words taunt her in the book saying the Babadook will become stronger if she continues to deny it mm-hmm. and it contains new pop-ups killing her dog Bugsy Samuel and then herself <laughs> she then burns the book um, and uh, calls the police okay uh, but you know there's no proof of anything there's no proof of any stalking or anybody mm-hmm. being in the house. So the police leave, but they're, they're starting to get suspicious. They're not a bit freaked out by the pop-ups of the, the dog, the child and the mum getting killed? Well, I don't think they can see the book, so they're not, they don't seem to be terribly bothered. They can't see the book? No. Okay. Um, oh, because she burnt so, it? Okay, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. So what? So so the the upshot of all of this is that eventually the Babadook um, starts to make itself known in verbal form. Okay. And it says the word Babadook, duck, duck, like that. Right. Sometimes is, my arms spin back. Which is quite disturbing. Babadook. Babadook. Yes. Um, but Sam uh, Amelia wants to get rid of the Babadook mm-hmm. but Sam says you can't get rid of him he's going to be here forever mm-hmm. and what they both come to realise is, is Sam that, scared? Um, he's well, I don't know he seems to want the Babadook to stay Okay, okay. he's comforted by it mm-hmm. what they both come to realise what Amelia comes to realise much later than Sam has realised Mm-hmm. is that the Babadook is a manifestation of her dead husband yeah, and also a manifestation of her survivor's guilt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which she's been carrying since he died in that car crash yeah, um, and not letting things go mm-hmm. so it's a manifestation of all of those things the insomnia, mm-hmm. you know, the, the hysteria um, and uh, it is a, a profoundly a disturbing movie but Uplifting at the same time. By disturbing, you mean scary in a conventional horror film? Yeah, way. yeah, it's yeah. absolutely scary in a conventional mm-hmm. horror film way. Mm-hmm. But it's also scary in the fact that the little boy Sam is really scary. Right, right, right. So when he's going full tilt hysterical, it's really scary mm. because you know a full tilt hysterical child is just terrifying because mm. you just don't know what to do. Yeah, when a child becomes incredibly hysterical. Yeah. And that's what she's like most of the movie. You know, she can't... They're not sleeping. Mm. In fact, she starts, you know, taking drugs so that she doesn't sleep. Right. Um, which obviously increases the hysteria and the hallucinations. And mm. um, So it's absolutely a film about, as I have said on this pod during the, during the rundown, it's a film about love and loss and being unable to let go of the past. Mm-hmm. and what it does to you you know what that does to your life if you are unable to let go of it mm-hmm. and I don't mean forgetting the person I mean forgetting the guilt yeah. letting that, letting it go yeah um, and moving on with your life which she hasn't done she is still in that moment mm. and bearing the bearing the guilt of it mm. um, so yeah, it's a terrific movie The Babadook it's it's a fantastic piece of work. It's got um see I remember it. It's a colour movie, but I remember it being very starkly black and white okay, in my so memory. Because of the way it's shot. Um, because it's dark or just unsaturated? I think unsaturated colour, but also it just in my memory that's how it manifests itself. Right. Um, in that the images are very bold and clean and crisp. Mm-hmm. Um, and the storytelling is very clean and pure. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm not, not sure that enough people saw this. I mean, Mark Kermode liked it a great deal. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, if, if there's a listener listener out there who listens to Mark Kermode, maybe they've seen it. If they haven't, um, uh, it is a wonderful, wonderful movie. Well, but there's probably a listener out there who, who heard Mark Kermode talk about it and thought it was too scary maybe and needs us to spoil it for them yeah which I just have 
Have you? Okay, so you haven't told us how it ends. Okay, so it ends with Amelia confronting the Babadook, mm-hmm. um, where she confronts it and then forces it to retreat into the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she kind of rebonds with her son. And um, they have a party. Mm-hmm. And sort of kids come and celebrate. And everything's and, fine. And, uh, you know, they sort of start to move on with their lives, really. Okay. So um, have, has she got over the survivor's guilt? Well, I think she's getting over it. I think she's okay, starting so she, to realise that she needs to move on. It's the beginning of the healing process. It's the beginning of healing, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe she should have s- sought counselling mm-hmm. for her survivor's guilt. But... Uh, you know, counselling doesn't help everybody. So instead, she, uh, she and her son had a collective hallucination and then yeah. pretended that it had gone into the cellar. Exactly, in the fruit cellar. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. And do you actually see the Babadook? You do. Okay. Cool. Yes, it's it's um it's fairly disturbing. It looks like one of those things out of uh, that Buffy episode. Which one? The one with the tall white figures. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Speaking of Buffy, mm-hmm. I've been watching Buffy on um, a streaming service. So good. Which people can find. Um, been watching season one, which is, I have to say, a little bit patchy. Although I oh, do yeah. remember, I remember remember <laughs> all of the episodes from when yeah. I watched them the first time round. Yeah, um, it's a bit weak. The one with the um, the hyenas is particularly poor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I must say, I don't think it's aged that well. So no. I think it still deserves to be very high up in... Um, I think se- season one, by the way, is is a bit weaker in terms of they didn't quite know how, how to make TV. No. So they got a bit better at that. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got the the awful Riley years. See, I, I don't know which seasons they are because I'll probably just skip them, to be honest. I think it's seasons three and four. Is it really it's, two of them? It's a long time Riley's around. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I enjoy Spike. Is Spike in season one? Spike. More my, oh, flowers my flowers have died. Have died. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you see a bit of Spike in season one, I think. Okay. But yeah. not much. Right. He's really only a significant character in, like, Later, six and seven, like okay. after, oh, after really? Tom much later. Okay, I think he might be he might be significant earlier, but he's, I mean, he's pivotal in season six. So what I'm enjoying about season one mm-hmm. is that the character of the master mm-hmm. is played by the same actor. Maybe I've talked about this on the pod before, but I'm going to say it again anyway because it's a good anecdote. I think so. Um, he's played by the same actor who played a character called Niedermeyer in a show in in a movie called National Lampoon's Animal House <laughs> and Niedermeyer is one of the um no he's one of the neo-nazi types who, who okay. and they don't like the party goers they don't like the partying frat house basically right um and he's referred to by the dean I can't actually say this on the pod <laughs> but uh when the dean is talking to one of the other neo-nazis mm-hmm and he says, uh, what are we going to do about Delta House? And he says, we'll put them on double secret probation. And, and the guy says, double secret probation? What's that? And he says, uh, we'll make it difficult for them. Put Niedermeyer on it. 
he's a sneaky little beep, just like you. <laughs> so you immediately know what Niedermeyer is like, and Niedermeyer is responsible for the line, pledge pin, which I use as a warm-up. <laughs> pledge pin. Pledge pin, and he, he delivers it with aplomb. <laughs> so the master is not a great big bad, but um, the story arc of season one, is it okay if I spoil it for you? Yes, yes. Since you've seen, uh, is that she, uh, Buffy must give her life in order to save the world. Yes, okay. Which is, of course, the story arc of the entire six-season run, because we generally exclude season seven from the canon. Um, season seven, the comic book. Season seven is not good. Season six, you could also remove from the canon. Then you, so if you look at the, the core five seasons... Mm-hmm. The arc is that she gives her life to save the world. Okay. Death is her gift, in fact, which right. is repeated okay. many times in season five. Um, we allow, we have to allow season six, in which she is resurrected, because it contains once more with feeling, which the is the best, musical episode, the best episode of television ever created in the past, present, or future. Hmm. Um, but other than that, we might, if it didn't include once more with feeling, we might also exclude season six. It is nice to see. Um, what's her name? Buffy's friend as the big baddie. What's her name? The witch? Willow. Willow. Um, yeah, we can definitely live without season seven. Thank you very much. Okay, so I know what to skip in my watching. Is I'll, I'll watch once more with feeling and skip season seven completely. Yes. Uh, I mean, I probably would say season two is probably the best. Okay. And then avoid the Riley, Riley years. I mean, well, I mean, watch as much as you can tolerate. Which ain't much, because I, I remember when they were on, I was thinking, this is terrible. Yeah, I mean, they, they have the helpful advantage that you can generally get to sleep during the episode, so you can <laughs> you can skip them just by sleeping. Okay, okay. <sighs> the other thing I'm going to dive into is a show called Supernatural. Okay. Which has been on... It's, it's, in it, it's just been cancelled. <laughs> Always uh, a good sign. Well, yeah. Like American uh, Gothic. Why yeah, was that the Sam Raimi one, American Gothic, with Kate, Blan- Kate Blanchett? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even much use of Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. They only made one season. Yeah, that, the yeah, that was, was it. Yeah. Was a it was okay. Scary man. It was okay. I really liked it. Um, Marlianne. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. The sister um, died, and then she looked after the little brother as a ghost. Yeah. Marley. I remember it being a bit lame. Yeah, I liked it. Tbh. <laughs> Uh, so Supernatural's been going for like 15 seasons right okay oh, in that case being cancelled at that point is probably just a mercy I think it's probably a mercy killing yeah exactly <laughs> um, but I'm intrigued by that because it's got a huge following okay um, it's probably it's, rubbish then well it might be yeah it might be I mean 15 seasons is it's oh, a long a time lot. to recycle the same plot over and over again which so I, first, I, I have to tell you about something I've been watching, but first I need to ask you the important question. Yes. So tell me uh, what it is about Babadook that makes you a better person for watching it. Oh, okay. So... But what did you learn by watching it? I think I learned that, that you can bring a new spin on the ghost story. Because um, it is a ghost story, mm-hmm. really. It is really a ghost story. Um, and that holding on to trauma is really bad for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't it do feels it. Feels like kids. yeah, it feels like yeah. You could right. The purpose of fiction is to teach empathy, right? So yes, yes. Um, learning 
learning through someone else's experience what it's like to um, to f- sort of get stuck at the wrong point in the grieving process mm. might help oneself to um, be better at grieving and moving on. Definitely. Although um, there's a podcast called Griefcast. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it. It's good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's it's uh, Carrie Ad Lloyd, um, who whose father died when she was just fifteen, talking to people about significant others that they've lost, mm-hmm. and uh, talking through, and it, you know, it's quite some of it's quite funny, some of it's very funny, um, because uh, you know, people who know me fairly well will know that I can find humour in pretty much anything. Um, even the bleakest of darkest moments, there's something to be found there. Um, so there's a lot of humour in it. There's a lot of fun. It's normally on. quite funny people on it, right? Yeah, usually, yeah. Yeah, uh, media types, mm-hmm. you know, showbiz types. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, uh, and, uh, you know, but what she says is that the toughest times are the anniversaries, the birthdays, and things like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um where you just want to batten down the hatches. Mm-hmm. So you never forget. You, mm. you, ne- you never get over it. But you can learn to cope with it better. Mm-hmm. You know, and let go of some things. But obviously it, it's always with you. It's always there. Um, and I think that's what the Babadook is all about. It's about remembering someone fondly rather than living in a traumatic moment. Mm. Which, is what, which is what she has been doing. Mm. And of course that's been feeding the relationship with her son. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so, is there a symbolic moving on in, yeah, in the, the sim- ending? You know, does it? Does, yeah. is, does she actually? Uh, I want yeah, to there see is. how the metaphor is connected with the reality for sure. Well, yeah, the metaphor is is that um, uh, is that they kind of banish the Babadook to the to the basement. And and what's it, that a symbol of? I think it's a symbol of the fact that it's n- it's. It's just in one part of the house. It's contained. It's mm-hmm. not all of their lives now. Mm-hmm. So they can kind of live a fairly normal life. And is there something about the two of them sort of working together against... Yeah. They the, bond. Yeah. Yeah, they bond over it. So, you know, so her like son... Up until that point, her son has been someone that she's struggled to connect with. Mm-hmm. And they're kind um, of faced up to the fact that this is happening together. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. It's very profound. Yeah. You know, as as with so many horror movies, it deals with some big subjects. Yeah. Um, and gets to the heart of them. Uh, you could just view it as a film that scares the hell out of you as well, which is mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly fine. Um, but there's more to it than that, should you choose to look. Um, Have you ever seen Housebound? No, I haven't. Is it good? It's hilarious and terrifying. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's either from Australia or New Zealand. Oh. <laughs> I think it's from New Zealand. Okay. <laughs> In which case, um, it's from, you know, within a thousand miles of the Babadook. I'm going to look up Housebound. Housebound. 2014. Um, so let me tell you... It's from sorry? New Zealand. Yeah, I thought it was from New Zealand. It's not really relevant then, but it's still really good. It's not really relevant, no. Yeah. Uh, I remember distinctly a bit where I was gripping my chair with fear and also laughing uproariously, okay. simultaneously. So it's a horror comedy. 
<laughs> I've never heard of this. Hmm. It's good fun. Yeah, it sounds like fun. I'm looking through the synopsis, it looks excellent. So I'll tell you what I've been watching recently. What's that? I've finished season six of The Walking Dead. Ah, now. Okay. So how does season six end? On a stupidly cliffhanger. Um, awful cliffhanger that is just not fair to end not just a season, but a six season box set. Oh I know, I know how it I know how it ends. Yeah. So it ends with um Negan. Yeah, Negan Negan is is um punishing one of them. They're all on their knees. Yeah, has he? We're all on their knees and he swings the bat and yep. that's that's the end. Yeah. Okay. So I know I know what happens after that, but I'm not gonna tell you. Yeah. So that's um that's unfair. Well, how yeah. can you even sell a six season box set that ends on that? Yeah, it's it's that's a terrible thing to do. That's really cruel. Um but yeah, so far I don't remember which season you told me was weak, but so far I, I, they may well have gone up and down in quality, but I just can't get enough of it. Okay, so I think that seven is weak. Oh, oh don't tell me that. I should have. I shouldn't have asked. Yeah, I anyway. think seven is weak. I think everything up to that point. Um, so, like Terminus, I think is really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexandria. Alexandria is really strong. It's great. Yeah, it's terrific. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, but I think seven is weak, but eight is back on form. Okay, so, I'll just I'll just keep going. So there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and are they still making it? Yes, oh. they are. How am I supposed to complete to finish it if they keep on making more episodes? Well, they say they've got a plan to keep it going for years and years, so I really? don't know how you're going to do it. Really, just keep going. Oh, I'm not sure my heart can take it. <laughs> it's so terrifying, but I'm still uh, utterly loving it. What have uh, What have we been watching? We watched. Um, we binge watched Fleabag. Oh, Fleabag! Wow. Fleabag is up there with what the a best show that is. TV programs ever made. It's incredible. Yeah, my favourite bit is in season two, where she looks at the camera, and then Andrew Scott's priest also looks at the camera and says, "What was that?" Yeah, <laughs> and she goes, "What? <laughs> no, what was that? What did you just do?" Yeah. So for, for if listeners never seen Fleabag, which is possible. Um, the main character, who's played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who's also the, the writer of the show, writer, yeah. um, she she talks to the camera. She breaks the fourth wall mm-hmm. regularly during the show. Mm-hmm. And a bit more in season two, I would say. Yes, um, but nobody ever notices this until in season two, a priest that she is, um, I think, having a, you know... Well, I won't, I won't spoil it, but a priest that she is quite enamoured with... Mm-hmm. Uh, also sees her looking at the camera and asks her what she's doing and that kind of because he's on another spiritual plane completely flummoxes her (laughs) which is very amusing so yes Fleabag fantastic Uh, we we watched all of that we also I can't recommend Fleabag enough but I must say it's rather strong oh it's definitely strong yeah with kind of um, it's with adult sexual content yeah so be warned but boy if you can take that Oh, it's so it's good. It's great, it's great. Uh, and on Channel 4... I'm not talking porny, by the way. It's not porny. No, no, it's not. It's but strong it's, um, in content of language they, and just life, really. Yeah, it's like... It's yeah. strong on life. It's it's pretty strong, generally. Yeah, it is. Uh, we watched a Channel 4 show called Pure. Okay. Which is about a woman who has pure OCD, but really extreme OCD. 
Okay. What's uh, pure? What do you mean pure OCD? Well, uh, it's um. So she has intrusive thoughts. Okay. All the time. Okay. And it's her, you know, her attempt to try and live what people would consider to be a normal life. Uh, that's mm-hmm. very good. Mm-hmm. That's very good. And also, another BBC, actually, a show from BBC America that got shown over here called Killing Eve. Oh yeah, yeah, really like Killing Eve. Which um, we've just finished season one. Season two is coming out later in, I think, July. Um, that's really good. Yeah, it's well. really fun, that. Um, in fact, that might be... Season one of that might be the next pod. Really? I, I think it'd be worth getting into some detail about that, because it's cool. intriguing stuff. Um, or that's I might fun. do something more left field. I don't know. Uh, because, you know, it's mainstream stuff, and... Listener may have seen it, unlike Russian Doll, which maybe they haven't. Mm. If listener hasn't seen Fleabag, please do your best to watch it if you can. It's terrific. If you can get through the first episode and not be too offended, then that's. Then from then on, rather than being offended, you'll just be emotionally destroyed. I mean, the thing is, right? What can I say about it? Everybody has. Everybody in their lives is aware of people having sex, right? <laughs> And maybe has had sex themselves. It's just people having sex. It's just relationships and stuff. It's brutally honest. It is brutally honest, but actually it's brutally honest in a way that more people should be brutally honest about stuff. I absolutely agree, but but you still... um, But it might be a bit too much for you. If you don't like brutally honest... Well, if you don't like like it, get on board with it. (laughs) Because you'll, you'll feel better for it. You're not supposed to like it, but... Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, it's it starts off hilariously funny, and without without too much too many spoilers, it becomes a lot deeper than just funny. Oh yeah, yeah. On the on the surface, in the first episode, it's a slightly gross knockabout comedy. Yeah. But it quickly displays much greater depth than that. Yeah. yeah keep going with it. Yeah. Definitely. And um, then season two, we we sat down to watch the first episode of season two, thinking. You know, last, season one was so extreme that this has got to be a disappointment. <laughs> by the end of the first episode of season two, we were like, I cannot believe how good that was. Yeah, it's so good. Um, something else that, that we've finished is a show called Don't Forget the Driver. Oh, I watched one episode of that. It's really good. And uh, I'm not sure the wife's going to be able to manage the the misery of watching anymore oh, it's so well shot though oh it's great I loved it but I'm not sure I can persuade her to watch it it's too well, sad I think you should stick with it well um, maybe it'll fill in my Walking Dead slot because the wife yeah. doesn't watch Walking Dead with me I have to watch that when I'm supposed to be asleep yeah so you can watch um, watch that yeah well, don't forget the driver is terrific it's um, Toby Jones plays a um, a bus driver um, a local bus driver who drives people to Calais to get booze, drives them to Hampton Court, you know, sort of that kind of thing. Comes back from France one day on a booze run to find someone stowed away in his bus, and that person is then met by somebody else, a lo- one of the local thugs, and just taken away. Um, he is troubled by this, but then then he sees that person looking very disturbed and decides to take them in maybe against his better judgment um yeah really good show it's it some whoever's made it and photographed it has an eye for the bizarre 
Mm. Um, so it's there's a, a lot beautiful of, shot. There's a lot of static shots of yeah. people on mobility scooters going along and just really just holding the shot for much yeah. longer than you would expect on a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really good. Yeah, but, it's it's, but it's quite done. bleak. It's beautifully bleak. Yeah, certainly bleak. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for our telewatching. <laughs> Other than the sort of reality shows that we enjoy. Um, that's pretty yeah. much it. So I haven't watched many movies lately. Other than stuff that's kind of popcorny that wouldn't really suit this pod. So, in that case, uh, yes. let's move on to plugging. Oh, yeah, okay. So, would you like to plug anything? Um... Uh, yeah, so I still have a podcast feed of my old radio show, which I haven't updated for quite a while, but I am going to try and do some of that whilst I've got a bit of time. Um, so that's Movie Mashup, No Camel Case, No Caps. No Camel Case, No Caps. In your podcasting app of choice. It's well out of date. You know, the, the show finished in last December, so um, it's been updated a bit since then. But if you haven't listened to it, there's a huge back catalogue. Oh, huge back catalogue of me just rabbiting on, yeah. <laughs> Some interviews in there. Um, uh, there are Spotify playlists of all the music that I've ever played on the show, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. So you can find some obscure movie soundtrack items in there. Um, yeah, that's me, really. I don't really have anything else to plug. So it's interesting you should mention rabbiting on. Ah, yes. Because uh, there's been a new release of the... Um, prominent android game rabbit escape rabbit escape not just not just android by the way it also works on your pc Ooh. although as resolutions get higher it looks increasingly ugly to navigate the menus well now although there's, actually, there's the, a challenge for you in the game in the game it's okay you have to click through a couple of ugly menus one day <laughs> i'll fix them honestly. ugly menus ugly menus anyway rabbit escape uh whatever version has been released with a new set of levels there's now 200 levels yes 200 count them wow and the latest level set is the super easy level set so if you found rabbit escape too difficult for example if you're a child well that's me that that's my level basically (laughs) or uh yeah if you found it too difficult for any reason (laughs) um try the super easy level set they're satisfying levels but they're easier excellent so they're like like a gateway drug yeah so at some point I'll also have the feature of being able to skip levels you can't do and at that point people will probably like the game a bit more instead of well, just Well maybe you could add that it. sooner rather than later that would be awesome Yeah I might do <laughs> I'm going through the backlog of just little things we should fix at the moment so yeah. hopefully I'll get, to, I'll get to that Little things you should fix I did add so the, the long standing feature that I added recently that isn't in a released version yet is that it says congratulations when you finish a level set Does it <laughs> say that? What in words? Yeah, it says, well done, you've finished the level set, instead of just saying, you've finished the level. So what well, says it in a robot voice, or displays it no, on the screen? it displays it using text. Well done, you won a level. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, like that. Hmm. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, a surprisingly small number of people have downloaded Rabbit Escape, given how good it is. Um, well, so tell all more, people, more people should. Yeah. You mentioned T-shirts earlier. I mentioned T-shirts, so... Um, well there, there are some uh, t-shirts you can buy to support Rabbit Escape which um, are sourced from a, quite a large company called Spreadshirt and I, see what, been, I see what they did there yeah, yeah. And then I, uh, so they give you like a storefront which is what I'm using too 
mm-hmm. to sell t-shirts and they, you can choose how much profit you make and I've chosen zero profit so that all the money goes to Spreadshirt and you pay as little as possible blah 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 yep. um, and they also sell mugs and things like that and then so I've designed a few other t-shirts since then I, like I'm becoming like a a failing t-shirt designer well you're like um, a renaissance man you do everything dude yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm like a renaissance man i do android apps and t-shirts and mugs code <laughs> and code and youtube code. videos that's true that's true and oh, this I podcast am, i actually am like a renaissance man. pledge pin i just pledge pin i just popped saying podcast <laughs> podcast <laughs> um uh t-shirts yeah so i i I commissioned an artist to draw a T-shirt that I wanted to wear, mm-hmm. uh, which I, a few other people have since wanted to wear, which is um, a T-shirt bearing the slogan, Code Like a Girl, basically reclaiming the, the phrase, like a girl. Like as a, a girl, thing. yeah. Um, and code like a girl, as in, you know, programming code. Um, to, like, you know, say that uh, girls are good at programming and we, we want more women in, in the in industry of programming and stuff like that, you know. Like, it's supposed to be good. And I love the T-shirt. It's really good. Um, and I got it printed through an, a different company, a bit smaller, called Street Shirts. Mm. Not Spreadshirt, but Street Shirts, a British company. And they're quite a lot cheaper, which is good. But they don't give you a proper storefront, which is bad. So I can't make it like a, like a store where you can buy this T-shirt. I just have to link you to a, like a T-shirt designer with my design preloaded in it. Mm. Uh, and I can't ever add any profit if I wanted to in there. Not that I have. So it seems quite limited. So that's a bit annoying, but it's cheap. Hmm. Um, and then today I was reading about a innovative British company who specifically set up a t-shirt company uh, to reduce the environmental impact of clothing. Ooh. And they're called... Oh, goodness, what are they called? T-something. You sent me a link. I see you told me what they were. I'm just going to have a yeah. look. Um, and... Uh, they seem really cool, and you can have a storefront, but the minimum price that I seem to be able to get people to be able to pay for a T-shirt... T-mill. Is, yeah, T-mill, thank you. Okay. Is £19. Well, that includes okay. delivery. Yeah. Um, but that's compared with something like £12 or something from street shirts. So, but the thing is, is that organic cotton is really important for the environment. Um, far more important than I think than people give it credit for so assuming they are genuinely sustainable and good that's Mm -hmm. really cool Um, and so I kind of want to ask would people buy Good Robot Andy's t-shirts or Code Like a Girl t-shirts or Rabbit Escape t-shirts for more money but from a better source Um, I think the answer to that is probably yes but, uh, but I think people as need long to they answer could trust that it really question. was a better one. Sorry. People need to answer that question uh, by replying to us. Yeah, so how would they do that, Andy? Well, they can do that via uh, our blog, which they can yes. find if they search for uh, the Good Robot Andes on the... Using their uh, favourite search engine? Uh, DuckDuckGo should probably be your favourite search engine. Mm-hmm. Um, they can reply on our blog to this... Uh, when this podcast is available, there'll be a talkback function... Mm-hmm. Uh, they Comments. can also get in touch with us on the Twitters. On the Twitters, at Good Robot Andes. At, at Good Robot Andes. They can get in touch with you on the Twitters. Mm-hmm. Well, with us, because yes. I'll pass it on to you. That's at Good Robot Andes at mastodon.social. Uh, okay, yes. So that's at the mastodon.social. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
they can't get in touch with this via the book of face anymore because I've deleted my Facebook account. Yeah, and if you want to know why, have a look at season six, episode one. Yes, um, that that was the catalyst. Uh, the nail in the coffin was um, the incredible piece of investigative journalism by uh, a journalist called I'm going to get her name wrong I'm not even going to take a pass at it actually because I, I do not know how it's pronounced and I'm very which, sorry which newspaper? about um, An incredible piece of journalistic work that she did to unco- t- two and a half years to uncover the skullduggery at the heart of Facebook which um, newspaper was it in? was it in a newspaper? Uh, yes I think it was was this the person from the Guardian? yes yes so she did, she's done a TED talk all about this Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's from The Guardian and The Observer. It is eye-opening stuff. It really is eye-opening stuff. By the way, uh, a good argument for supporting The Guardian. Yes, definitely. I made the decision, unprecedented in my life, to support an organisation like that rather than a traditional charity. Nice. We made the decision recently to, to give some money to The Guardian because of the because they do this kind of work that other people are giving up on. Well, yeah, exactly. There's them and there's Channel 4. So yeah. Channel 4 News frequently do um, you know, investigative work that the BBC have just given up on because they've been infiltrated by Tory stooges. Um, I'm not kidding, and I'm not being paranoid. They have actually been infiltrated by... Um, so the person who is... Um, uh, so a person who was in charge at BBC News is now one of Theresa May's communication people so you know this is why I mean do do I need to say anything else it's interesting that it's only the lefties who are doing this so so maybe one of our listeners could tell us of some worthy right wing news organisation that does good journalism we Um, could promote them too um, I can't think of one really if I had to choose anyone who I think would be likely it would probably be the Telegraph no no. I mean, the Telegraph are owned by the Barclay brothers who live in the Channel Islands. They're nuts. And, um, they, they're known for their good international coverage. Uh, are they? I'm just trying to bring some balance here. Why? <laughs> it's not our job to bring balance. We're not a okay. news-gathering organisation. No, but I feel like someone has to try and be reasonable. Well, OK. Things are just getting less and less reasonable. True enough. So anyway... I have deleted my Facebook account, so that means the, the, means the movie mashup page no longer exists. Um, so you can't roll, contact can't on, can't contact me on Facebook anymore. Roll on the day when we can delete our WhatsApp accounts, and that yes. day is a long way. Oh, away I also deleted my Instagram account as well. Okay, that's sad. So I read a story about the the creators of Instagram and how they deliberately tried to make it not be all the horrible things that it is now becoming. Yep. Um, yeah. But Facebook took all, got rid of all that when they bought them. I was also reading a, an, an article about uh, Facebook have a they have an office in Ireland, you know, where they avoid tax, like um, everyone else. Like everyone else, that. yes, everyone else does that as well. Yeah, Apple and Google, and others, Amazon. Um, <coughs> uh, but they have an office there where they are trying to combat the torrent of fake news and fake accounts that are appearing now for the European elections but they're fighting a losing battle and I was thinking but this is your platform surely you have control over it but it seems that they they don't have control 
over what people are actually using it for. So is this is this purely because they're popular, right? Yes, so would I think would so. anyone have that problem if they were popular? Um, probably, yes. So the only thing about yeah. Facebook that I think is particularly pernicious is the semi-privacy of it. Yes. So everyone's feed is different, mm-hmm. and you if someone if someone posts something, you can't like share a link to that post or something because it's semi-private. Well, it depends on whether they make it public or not. Exactly, but this kind of stuff that's getting shared around that's uh, just lies, or the advertising that gets mm-hmm. sent, yeah, uh, gets stuck into your feed. That there's no public accountability. So if you look at yes. something like Twitter. Um, the stuff that happens on there is public. So if someone breaks the law, you can trace it. You can. So, so actually the, the TED Talk goes into that, about this stuff that people were seeing hmm. um, up coming up to the referendum. Um, yeah, stuff they about, talk about Tur- how Turkey's going to join the EU. Hmm, and so. is it not everybody could see it. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is insidious, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's very clever, but it's using Facebook's algorithm... Yeah. In a perfectly legitimate way, you know, nobody's stopping them from doing it. Yeah. So maybe it's time to just ditch social media that um that does that that A has that kind of semi privacy and B has algorithms. So that's yeah. well, you listen to season six, episode one. Yeah, then watch the TED Talk. Yeah, uh, or maybe just watch the TED Talk. <laughs> no, I think you should listen to season okay. six. Because yeah, it's a good listen gateway. To our podcast. It's a gateway. Yeah. And you once know, you've listened you explain the situation in terms that people can, you know, sort of get around the technology and, and what's going on. And then the TED Talk really hammers the nail in, the coffin, what it did mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. A couple of people on, on Mastodon said they liked that episode, by the way. So I think at least with some people who are probably in the tech community, since there's quite a few tech people on there, That's thought cool. that what I was saying wasn't completely crazy. So no, it wasn't. No, no, definitely not. Um, I'm just say? seeing yeah, if we've once had you've any new, I'm just having a look to see if, if we've had any new comments. I think so. Uh, when, once you've listened to season six, episode one, what you should do then is go back and listen to season five. Yes. Which is a countdown of the top 30 horror films of the 20th century. Yes, indeed, it is. Yeah. That's what you should do. You should definitely do that. There's also links there to the t shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, find our blog by searching for Good Robot Andes or go to artificialworlds.net slash goodrobotandes slash that's artificialworlds plural dot net slash goodrobotandes artificialworlds plural (laughs) yeah don't use the word plural don't no don't write the word plural artificialworlds dot net that's a that's a dot not the word dot that's like a that's like a say goodnight dick goodnight dick (laughs) yeah <laughs> oh well, we've turned what was quite a nice brief episode into one <laughs> that's longer than that. Well, yeah, as Marty De Berge says at the top of Spinal Tap, that's enough of my yakking. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe I should consolidate the various T-shirt creation that I've been doing mm-hmm. into this more expensive but more ethically sourced T-shirt creation platform. Well, which which conveniently has a proper storefront and just mm. allow people to pay more money, probably enough money to actually uh, make it feasible for it I, to be sustainable. I think that if you don't get any feedback within a week then you can probably go ahead and do that. 
I mean, the, pro- the thing is, no one's gone and bought any of the T-shirts anyway, so why do I care what store they're on? Okay, well, just go ahead and do it then. I'm like a Renaissance man, wouldn't it? But it won't be until I'm dead that people will appreciate my T-shirts. But that is that is the very essence of a Renaissance man. <laughs> They'll be like, wow, that Andy Balaam, he designed some really good T-shirts. I mean, this you was like the told Sistine him when Chapel. he was alive. This is like the Mona Lisa. Yeah. 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 Actually, well, I mean, the Code Like a Girl t-shirt, um, by virtue of not being designed by me, but, but, but the design process being vaguely guided by me, is actually rather good. Okay. Nice. So definitely get yourself a Code Like a Girl t-shirt, everyone. Get yourself Spread one. the word. Do it. You know it makes sense. Is that it? That's it. That's got to be it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. See you next time. Thank you very much. Bye.